Welcome everyone to another edition of the Final Down NFL Podcast with myself, Jim, and Punk Raider. We're here to talk about the NFL. Punk, how are you doing, sir? Good evening, Jim. How are we? <laughs> well, we're how okay. Are we? how we're are you? okay. How, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. You're a little under the weather, though. I'm a little bit under the weather, yeah, but uh, getting through it. Um, Dave should be here. He's not feeling that bad, but he's having technical difficulties. So hopefully Denver Dave will be here shortly. Um, we will obviously claims to have technical difficulties. I think there's another reason why he's not here, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. He's always shirked a lot, hasn't he? So he, he, um, he's never been forthcoming when, when the Broncos are not good. <laughs> Which is often. So you should be very often. Well, yeah, true. We're going to go through the uh, the games, obviously, for week six. And um, we're going to start with the Thursday night game, Punk, and that was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles. So it was a fast start to Thursday night game with Brady finding OJ Howard for a score before we witnessed what was later to be confirmed as Zach Ertz's last ever touchdown for the Philadelphia Eagles as he was traded to the Cardinals. Brady responded with another touchdown pass to Antonio Brown. Two Leonard Fournette rushing touchdowns moved the Bucs away before two rushing touchdowns by Jalen Hurts moved it back close. The Bucs continued to find ways to grind out results and the final score in Philly was the Bucs 28, Eagles 22. Yeah, this is this is really the Bucs just being the Bucs from this season, isn't it? They're, they're doing enough to win without looking spectacularly good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, playoff Lenny looks like he's playing all right, but you know, everyone else is kind of a little bit here and there at the minute and it's just not really quite gelling as it was last season. Um, the Eagles, to be fair to them, you know, kept themselves in the game. Jalen Hurts again, uh, living up to his his moniker that, you know, I think, was it you, Jim, that put him up as the uh, underrated quarterback in the league? I did, I did. A few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, no good win for the Bucks. Obviously, you know, the more wins you get under your belt now, the easier it is come playoff time, but they're really not uh, the same team that they were last year, even though they've returned all their starters. Absolutely. I mean, the, the Philadelphia fans were booing at half time, which is just typical for Philadelphia anyway. But uh, yeah, th- there was a, there was a response at least from, from the Eagles. So that's encouraging. To there see. was a response and, you know, they are, they are quite a young team and, you know, it's, it's good to see that actually a team that, we all thought we're going to be pretty shocking this year, actually making a fight of it. So, you know, another good draft and some good free agent pickups next year. You know, you can, you can see signs of life and progress. So that's yeah. always, a, always a positive. Talking of signs of life, Punk, I think we're about to be visited by... Uh, <gasps> the ghost by the of Broncos himself. past. <laughs> right, can you hear me? Oh, fresh cut as well. Yay! Yes. Right, there we go. Um, we've we've just done the uh, Thursday night game. Didn't take long. Nothing you want to add to that, is there? Uh, no, not really. Good. Let's move on to Sunday then. And the second game over in London, a much better spectacle. Packer Tim would often say that the best games invariably came when two rubbish teams play each other rather than two great ones. Both teams were struggling coming into it with one win between them. Tua was rushed back into the starting lineup with carbon fibre protection for his rib injury. He managed to hit former Bama teammate Jalen Waddle twice to give them the edge. But Trevor Lawrence got a touchdown to Marvin Jones. James Robinson got a score again. And a last second 53-yard field goal by Matthew Wright gave the Jags their first much-needed win for Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. The final score was the Dolphins 20, Jags 23. Did you guys watch the game at all? Uh, I watched the game and I watched the very end of the game in a park uh, not far away from where we live. Um, And there was a bloke on the opposite end of the park who was a Jags fan and we both did a little little mini jig and celebration together because I had the Jags in the predictions and it kept my accumulator alive, which I was very it happy did. about. You did. did have the, you were the only one that picked the Jags, so congratulations. On that yeah, 20-game 20, 20 losing streak, which was something that made me nervous. Um, but I had, <laughs> like, I, I, I meant to put on, um, I think it was a four-point spread um, on one of my bets, and I accidentally did it the other way, so I did the Jags to win by four points, and it cost only one by three. Mm. Um it, I mean, it was a good game. Neither team really has any decent rushing offense. Um, I think Dolphins are bottom of the league in terms of rushing. Um, I, I, it, it was a good game to watch. Not, in, not an enormous amount of quality on show, but it was good to have games back in London. So, and it was nice to see the Jags win a game. Absolutely, absolutely. They do get some wins over here when they come over. So they do. 
they do. Preparation's key for it. The only thing that's slightly annoying is um, I watched the BBC coverage. I don't know if it was on any other channel. It's just um, that was my streaming network of uh, choices, most stability, to, more, to be more than honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, I, I understand the need to somewhat dumb it down. Um, but yeah, the ability for them to dumb it down to the lowest possible level um, was ridiculous. So, yeah, it, it, that was ever so slightly annoying. I think most people who know about the NFL understand, uh, have a better understanding of the game than the BBC probably give them credit for. Well, one day, Dave, one day we'll have to go through the beginner's guide every time. Uh, so let's move on to the regular slate then on the starting at six o'clock. I guess when you have a record of 22 and five over a team and you've just put up a passer rating of 128, you can feel pretty confident. But Aaron Rodgers screamed himself into history after rushing in for a score himself at Soldier Field to layer on the hurt just a bit more for the Bears faithful. I still own you. I still own you. was pretty surreal to hear. True though it may be, Rodgers has always been quite reserved with his comments. Maybe as it was likely his last trip to Chicago with the pack, Rodgers felt it could be a bit more open. Whatever the reason, the result was as predictable as expected. Bright spark for Chicago was sixth round running back Khalil Herbert getting over 100 scrimmage yards in the touchdown. The final score in Chicago was the Packers 24. Bears 14. Aaron Rodgers was right. He does own them. Yeah. I think he's won their, his last 20 against them or something ridiculous. Yeah. There's there's not even a controversy here. You know, Packers owns uh, Rodgers and the Packers own the Bears. It's it's not a surprise. You know, I don't know why Bears fans are so up in arms about it, to be honest. You know, they should just concentrate on their own team being absolutely shockingly diabolical and, and just get on with it. So the Bears um, beat the Packers in 2018. They beat the Booneman they play each other twice every year. Yeah. Once in 2018, once in 2015, once in 2013. Since 2010, they're the three wins that they have. So, yes, Aaron Rodgers owns them. They should not be allowed to call him Aaron Rodgers. They should call him Daddy. That's how much he owns them. <laughs> Sorry, three wins in a decade. That's home and away. That's not even, you know, in one place. That's home and away. Sorry, he owns them. He should name the stadium after him. He owned him that much. Oi, oi, oi. Mm. <laughs> well, I, I think it was fun. I, I didn't have a problem with it at yeah, all. It is what it is, isn't it? I mean, I'm going to hear it forever it's, now. It's one way to get around the. Uh, it's one way to get around the taunting rules. Don't taunt other players. Taunt the crowd. That's the main thing you want to do now. <laughs> I think the other thing is as well, I want to see it go further. I want like Case Keenum at the Browns to start saying he owns the Chiefs if he beats them. I want players who've never played against one particular team just to start saying, I own you, I own you. you know, I want to, That's what I want to see. Let it become a theme. Let's go on to the next game. After several weeks of heartbreaking last second losses, the Detroit Lions decided to give their fans a week off by not playing well for any part of the game. Touchdowns for backup running back Chris Evans, Joe Mixon, CJ Uzma, and Auden Tate had the Bengals resting Burrow in the fourth quarter. The DeAndre Swift rushing touchdown and Austin Siebert field goal gave the Lions 11 points more than they deserved. The final score in Detroit was Bengals 34, Lions 11. Let's not concentrate on the Lions for a second. Concentrate mm. on the Bengals. Bengals are now 4-2. and two. Are they better than I think most people think they are and most people give them credit for? Because yeah, I think there's a I good chance that... they might be a sneaky good team. Like, when I say sneaky good, I mean sneaky good as in creeping the playoffs team. Yeah, they could well do. I mean, they, 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 I kind of put the Bengals at the minute in that same kind of bracket as the Raiders and the Chargers in that, you know, we're all playing probably slightly better than everyone expected at the start of the season um, and could quite easily, you know, slip into one of those playoff places. Um but yeah, I mean, it, it obviously it helps that the Steelers are, are pretty poor this season. What's got the Steelers? No, I'm talking about their ability to get into the playoffs. So, mm. you know, the, the fact that the Steelers are not, are not great and are going to probably struggle to get to the playoffs, if, if the Bengals can keep it up, then yeah, crack on. I mean, obviously it depends on fixtures, uh, probably out of conference, to be honest, and and yeah, you know, we'll see where they end up. But yeah, certainly this an easy run for them. It's not an easy run six, for them. No, but this first six weeks, I think I think the Bengals have exceeded expectation and mm. are probably better than we gave them credit for. 
yeah, they we we could really see them fall apart towards the end of the season because their last five games have got uh, four difficult teams in the Broncos. So <laughs> they've got four, 49ers, Ravens, Chiefs and Browns. They're four of the last five. So there's every possibility the wheels could really fall off there, which is, as you say, a Raiders thing to do. You guys, this, that's not a dig. That's genuinely not a dig. The yeah, Raiders yeah, will no, get absolutely. to that point five, six from yeah. the season and just die on their arse. So it wouldn't yep. surprise me if I did that. I'd love to see it, though. I really want to see a team who... Especially, especially a young team, once, once the pressure comes yeah, on yeah. and it, you, you're trying to get over the line, sometimes you can just try too hard. And that's where yeah. you end up kind of making silly mistakes. I think with the rate, the similar thing with the Raiders as well is it's that first line depth. You lose one or two key starters, and you don't have, you haven't got the next man up. That's where I don't want to, don't really want to say this, but the Steelers have been so good. Steelers, it's always been next man up. Don't don't care if you're injured. Next man up, and it's been like that forever. Doesn't matter who the next man up is. He's equally as good as the guy who's just gone out. Um, and that's one thing I think where the Browns possibly come out. But they're my sneaky good team to like watching at the moment. And all the time they've got Burrow in there and Upright and all the rest of it, oh, then they're going to have a chance. You know, with Jamar yeah. Chase catching things for fun. You know, and blocking they're, they're as always, well. Yeah, and they're always... <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball, They're you know, they've got some weapons as well. Mm. So, yeah, I think, I think the Bengals at this moment in time, you definitely have to look upon as a, a legit good team. Still early in the season, though. Let's see how it uh, all unfolds as we go on. Um, so next game, then. The Colts got a perfect gift following their embarrassing primetime loss last week to the Ravens in the form of the Houston Texans. Jonathan Taylor had over 150 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns. T.Y. Hilton was back and looking dangerous as ever, though sadly just as injury-prone as he didn't manage to finish out the game. The Texans have now only managed to score three touchdowns in the last 12 quarters of football. The final score in Indy, Texans 3, Colts 31. I'm not even interested in talking about Texans games anymore. <laughs> no, it's just Texans just are pointless. Crash. It's I just mean, pointless. It is. It's weird though because last week against the Patriots, we were expecting a complete blowout. Because a couple, a few weeks before that, they they got handed it to them by the Panthers. Then they got murdered. What was it, forty something nil to the Bills? Mm-hmm. Then they did really, really well against the Patriots. And you're thinking, okay. And then the Colts just absolutely steamroll them. Bad news for them is I think they've got the Cardinals and the Rams next. So, yeah, good luck. Uh, where is it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, then the Dolphins and a bye week. So, ouch. I mean, at least I won't lose on the bye week. That's, that's the only <laughs> thing you can say. You never know. You never know. Um, really no point talking much about the Rams demolishing the Giants either. Cooper Cup got 130 yards and two touchdowns. Darrell Henderson got two, and Robert Woods got one to complete the route, as Daniel Jones was picked three times, two of those by Taylor Rapp. Kadarius Tony looked good for New York, so naturally had to go out injured in the first half. The final score was the Rams 38, Giants 11. Yeah, the problem with this is when you're asking Daniel Jones to throw the ball 51 times, it's mm-hmm. it's a recipe for disaster. On the other, other side of the ball, you've got the Rams who rushed it a bunch and only asked Stafford to throw it 28. Mm-hmm. Um, Stafford threw it 28 times and got 251 yards. Daniel Jones threw it 51 times, got 242 yards. You can't rely on a quarterback who's not an elite quarterback to throw it 51 times. You just can't do it. It's a stupid game plan. I don't care how far behind you go. You can't ask him to throw it 51 times. The 28 points in the, in the second quarter is ridiculous. I mean, the Rams just absolutely scored on them. It's, it's poor game planning, really is. Mm-hmm. Giant season's falling apart. Before it's even really got going. I mean, they, they, they go in a few games. They're getting the injuries now as well, which isn't helping. They don't have the depth. Um, move on. File under you... almost Texans. <laughs> almost Texans. <laughs> well, I did. I, I had them getting the same uh, score as the Texans preseason. And I still, they're still on the same level as... Currently, uh, the Texans... I had them. And I was going to say they're tying, aren't they? They've got they one tied, each yeah. so far. So. Do you, do I've only got you... one more win this season. Is is Joe Judge in the hot seat? Is he under pressure? You should be in New York, right? That's what they always say. Is that you're always no, on it's, the hot seat? It's rebuild time. They're they're in the middle of the rebuild. It's not You say that. They spent a lot of money in free agency. I mean a lot of money in free agency. Yeah, but their O line is it's it's all just youngsters and, and so stuff like they, that. So they've they've put a lot yeah. of draft capital into that O line as well. Let's not forget they yeah. got Andrew Thomas, Andrew who's Thomas a first round good. pick. 
Um, they've got Nate Soldrew they've paid a billion pounds for, and despite all of us saying that he's rubbish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Will Hernandez is what they drafted. Yeah. I don't, I, New York are not are not usually ones, unlike New Jersey, they're not usually ones for kind of pulling the trigger too early. So I think I think he's safe for another season, probably. And the yeah, Jets so haven't were... pulled the trigger too quickly recently, have they? I mean, Todd Bowles stuck around for what was it, four years, and Adam Gase was They've there. Tried two not years, to, two but two you know, it was. I, I I would argue that the Jets actually have have given them too long in some of those situations <laughs> yeah, recently. Exactly. I agree but, with that. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the Giants, Punk, you and I had them both get in nine wins. God, that feels yeah. a bit rough, doesn't it? Nine yeah, wins. Um, that's going to be a closer to mine, I think, boys. Deficit. Have you seen their schedule? Well, yeah. Jim, Jim got him getting two wins. We got him getting nine. Mm-hmm. I think, See, I, think I, must, I sat there, I looked at them on paper, and went, and went, you know what? With Barkley back as well, that's a half decent yeah. squad. The problem is, Barkley's not been back. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's half the problem is the Barkley's not been back. You can't rely on Saquon Barkley being healthy for 16 games. Of course you can. What I'll do you think Tennessee Titans have been doing? I'll tell you what, though. Um, whoever picks him up, in free agency because he's not going to, they, they might take a fifth year option or something, but they're not going to, you know, pay him that big contract he's going to need. Whoever picks him up in free agency might just get the bargain of the decade. Um, Cause Saquon Barkley, when someone actually gives him uh, a, a decent number of carries, let's just hope he doesn't go the Todd Gurley way of it, but someone could end up getting absolute steal. Mm, depends on the situation, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Let's move on then. So the highs and lows of being a Chiefs fan on display on Sunday. Their first drive was a touchdown for backup running back Darrell Williams. The rest of the half was a mix of punts, fumbles and interceptions as the Washington football team did their best to get back some sort of form this season. Washington went into the half with the lead thanks to a touchdown by Ricky Seals-Jones. But any hope of retiring Sean Taylor's 21 with a win ended with the start of the second half as the Chiefs were clearly in the mood. They scored touchdowns on three consecutive drives to Tyreek Hill, a second for Darrell Williams and a deep shot to Demarcus Robinson as Washington failed to score a point. The final score was the Chiefs 31, Washington 13. You make me sick. How dare you honestly sit there with a straight face and say the highs and lows of being a Chiefs fan? They you know damn Chiefs well fan. that our, our WhatsApp groups and, and you know, that we have, oh, we have Chiefs fans that are worried about things all the time, you know. Right. And so, but the, the lows of being a Chiefs fan is that you have a three and out. That's the lows of being a Chiefs fan. There was an interception, damn it. There was an interception. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> My heart bleeds. I hope they get murdered. I hope they lose every game from now until the end of the season. I know it is difficult. I get, what, I get what you're saying, Dave, but they do have to be aware of this and they do have to be worried about this sudden turnover fest that they're putting up. I mean, in the first half of that game, they were absolutely dreadful. Mm hmm. They, they, you know, they, they, they didn't look anything like the Chiefs in the last few years. It, mm-hmm. You know, they couldn't drive the ball at all. I know Washington, you know, they're a good defense. And, you know, with the Sean Taylor stuff going on as well, everyone would have been extremely pumped up for that game. But that's no excuse. You know what I mean? Chiefs have not, on offense, lost anybody, really, apart from Edward Hilaire. And we all know what your feelings are on him. It's so. Useless. There you go. So, you know, I, if I, I think if I was a Chiefs fan, thank, you know, any deity that you wish uh, that I'm not. But yeah. I think if I was, I'd be a little bit... Um, God, if you were a, a Chiefs fan, you'd be truly unbearable. I think <laughs> if I was let's, a Chiefs fan, I'd probably just not bother, to be honest. Yeah. I'd, I'd go and watch Canadian football or something. So, <laughs> the thing is, let, forget about it for a minute. Just don't Let's not overreact. The Chiefs lost a couple of games, right? They lost against the Bills. Okay, the Bills are a great team. They lost against the Chargers. They lost by one score to an in-division team. So what? They lost against the Ravens by one point. Ravens are a really good team. And this week, everyone's panicking because they conceded 13 points against Washington and made a bit of a meal of it. Come on, let's get a a reality grip. The reality check is that the games the crap dropping, on defense. Okay, that's because the they draft they're, poorly and the they, games, they don't do anything in free agency because they've got too many players earning too much money. Stop buying a whole getting, new offensive line. Which takes time to gel. That's the offense. I'm talking defense. The problem Stop is, defensive guys who carry around oozes in their car. Stop well, getting guys who that. beat up all their wives. That, the, the because culture at the moment, they're only just putting up, up enough points. And the problem is the games they're dropping now will be the ones that mean they're playing away in Buffalo and all that throughout the playoffs. 
So, okay. you know, but it's... they're losing to good teams. It's not as though they're losing against them. No, it's not as though they're losing against the Broncos, is it? Come on. There is, it, it's this whole panic thing at the moment is just because it's the Chiefs. If it was any other team, no one would be paying any attention to it. They've got the Titans this weekend and they'll probably win this weekend. That's 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 more of a test because it's a team that they should roll over. The Bills losing to the Bills and the Ravens and the Chargers. Okay, you've lost to three three decent teams. The one thing I'll say about what you were saying about that Titans game, I was going to say this later, but I'll say it now. The Titans are built to do exactly what the Chiefs can't stand, and is how we've beaten them over the last couple of years. It's run the ball down their throats, take the time off the clock, and they can't stop them because they can't stop the run. So oh, I agree. I've gone for the know, Titans as well. It's, it's, it's <laughs> not going to be bit of a spoiler alert. Game. <laughs> no, no, it's, a bit of a spoiler alert. But it's, I, I, it's I agree not with you. Gonna be it's a game that they should as... go in and win. Well, in theory. Historically. But... but again, if they lose it, they've lost to a good team. Do you know what? The week after, if they lose to the Giants the week after, I'll, I'll join you on panic mode. But right now, get off your high horse. I'm not I'm panicking. I don't care. If no, the no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying you panic. I'm talking about you, so many, so many people in the media, just get off your high horse, you know. All the Chiefs aren't, we're still winning, but not playing well. Come on, give me a break. Try being a bloody Broncos fan. It's, it's oh, a, it's it must just, be so hard. Just a bit of a one, joke. Having won a Super Bowl in the last five years, you know. Yeah, that was that yeah. was a long, that feels like a long, long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Long, long time ago. Well, we, haven't had a, we haven't had a winning season since then, all right? So, yeah. Oh, poor <laughs> you. It cost you everything, that. That's well, it. the smallest violin coming out. It literally did cost us everything. <laughs> Kirk Cousins threw for 373 yards and three touchdowns against the league's top-ranked pass defence, including a 27-yard touchdown pass to KJ Osborne on the first possession of overtime to give the Vikings the win on Sunday. Davin Cook ran for 140 yards in the score, and Adam Thielen had a number of big catches finishing with 11 receptions for 126 yards and a touchdown. Minnesota appeared to be in control in the fourth quarter, but Greg Joseph missed two field goals, including a potential winner from 47 yards at the end of regulation to keep Carolina's hopes alive. Darnold had a great drive down the field, converting two fourth downs and a two-point conversion to force overtime, but he didn't see the ball again. The final score was the Vikings 34, Panthers 28. This was the game of the week, man. Vikings is as Vikings does. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was they they win games at six o'clock on a Sunday. That's what they do. Um, <laughs> but no, the finish was superb. I mean, I this was the last six o'clock game to finish, and on red zone they really focused on this game rather than the half nine games, which of course is the right thing to do as it went into overtime. Mm-hmm. And it was just a brilliant finish. I think it would have been very easy to. Uh, I think it would have been very easy for the Vikings just to play a bit more defensive or a bit more. Um, sort of reserved but to really go for it at the end with the play calling is not a very vikings-ish thing to do so i'm not a massive zimmer fan i think i've said a million times i'm not a zimmer fan but the play calling was superb so well done to him i know he's not the offensive play caller i get that but it's still his staff that are doing it so yeah well done to him i mean punk and i were talking before the um the pod about this game and just how the vikings really shouldn't have been in any position to take this to overtime they, they should have been far away winning this game, but they just always seem to sit on the lead. They don't push home an advantage um, and they were in big danger here of losing this game. They're a very dangerous side. They've got one of the scariest offences in the league. Man for man, you go through that talent they've got there. They can go up against any other team, but they're so inconsistent. What's the matter, Dave? You're laughing now. What? I'm, I'm laughing because you're saying they've got one of the best offenses. They have, yeah, man, yeah, man for man, they're good. But they've got Kirk Cousins leading the ship, and he makes up about forty percent of the formula. That's the issue. Kirk Cousins is still at least a guy that doesn't lose you too many games. He's one. He's a game he manager. Is. I'd rather. Have, the... Would you rather have Kirk Cousins or Baker Mayfield? Oh, Kirk Cousins. But that's because Baker Mayfield sucks. Sign up to our Patreon, and you'll hear my thoughts on that. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash tf. What is it? The final down. That's the one. <laughs> I was trying to, trying to do the, was it the TFD? There you go. He's, he's top 15. In a league of 32. Yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant. Bravo. Well done. He's top half. All right. So what's the he's problem? He's the Andy that? Dalton standard. What used to be the Andy Dalton standard is now the Kirk Cousins standard. That's what it is. Mm, it's the middle of the pack. He do a lot worse good. than Kirk Cousins. He is. If you look at good quarterback, good quarterback in a dictionary, it's just a picture of his mug. 
overpaid good quarterback is definitely a picture of his mug. All right, skill think, positions then, Dave. All right, let's let's say skill positions. So receivers, I, I agree. Running back. I agree with you hundred percent. Almost every position they have a player top five. Uh, apart from tight end, and then they've got a top five tight end. But they've got a top five running back, top five uh, fullback. CJ Ham's a brilliant fullback, maybe top two fullback in the league. Um, wide receivers, they're stacked. Uh, lines, they're great. All over, they're absolutely stacked. But Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. And that's not a criticism. It's it's a fact. You know, it. If he became on the open market, how many teams would choose to replace him? I think there's at least 14, 15, 16 teams that would choose Kirk Cousins over anybody else. Exactly. So he's halfway. He's at his absolute yeah, yeah. middle. No, he, he, he probably is. He's probably in that in that conversation between 12 and 16 somewhere. But, you know, he'll still get you 303 touchdowns every week. You throw that in with Dalvin Cook as well. And, you know, that's 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 more than enough to be winning games. Yeah, I think I think Kirk Cousins will, on his own, win you three games a season. I think Kirk Cousins, on his own, will lose you three games a season as well, which makes it the definition of being him an OK quarterback. I just think, I think you're right about the, the, the Vikings. They they sit on leads too much rather than really pressing it home. Um, I don't think they're alone in doing that in the NFL. I think there's a couple of teams. I think his, in the past couple of years, I think... Um, when the Falcons and the Cowboys have both gone ahead, they've both very much done that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think they're a good team that are underperforming, which is why I'm so not keen on Zimmer. It's something that poor defensive teams tend to do. If if offenses give them big leads, then the play calling goes ultra conservative. You try yeah. and chew up as much clock as you can, and you just play with two safeties back and and just try and keep everything in front of you and give them 15 yards of play if you have to. Yep, so, doing that, I mean, you butcher any momentum on offense yeah, as well. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, there are far too many teams that have done that over the last few years, Raiders included. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that seems to have crept into the NFL and I don't quite understand why. I guess it's it, because they're trying not to injure their players as much or something, but you know, Do you know who used to be really, really bad? It's really something that does my nothing. Um, the the Rams used to be really bad for that with Jared Goff. They they get that lead and then just try and lean on the defense and try and hold on to it. They do that yeah. an awful lot. I'm not doing it this season, obviously, but yeah, no, I think you're right. And that means that Carolina now go three and zero with Christian McCaffrey and zero and three without him. So next yeah. game, build is one of the best matchups on paper with two teams sitting at four and one. The Chargers decided not to show up to this contest. Three punts, a turnover on downs and interception before they got a score to Jared Cook. They missed the extra point, of course. And by that time, they were down two scores thanks to Latavius Murray and Le'Veon Bell. The second half saw a passing touchdown to Mark Andrews and a rushing touchdown by Devonta Freeman to stretch the Ravens' lead. No massive individual performances to note, just a very solid Baltimore team performance that got the win here. The final score was the Chargers 6, Ravens 34. West to East, early kickoff. No team likes doing that from California. We used to have problems with that all the time. The Broncos have had problems with that as well. Yep. You know, West to East is an absolute nightmare for teams, especially in that early kickoff because they're basically playing at 10 a.m. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, nine, I say nine times out of 10, probably probably eight times out of 10, a West to East team will never win a game. At that I time. think... I'm not sure if I'm not sure if that's statistically right, but I think you're right in that eight times out of ten a team will bloody struggle. The the win percentage might be slightly higher, um, but that's because teams like the Giants and the Jets are on that coast. Um, generally, <laughs> I, I think you're right. Teams do tend to struggle. Um, they ran the ball ten times. The, the the Chargers in the entire game they ran the ball ten times. I mean, it's not enough. I mean, Austin Eckler's not really a running back, but at the same time, they, they just never got anything going. At any point, they scored six points in the second quarter and zip in the second half. This was the most charger-ish of charger performances. Um, and it's nice. <laughs> this is completely out of the blue. They haven't done this this season. No, 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 not gonna... this season. That's what I'm saying exactly. But this is the most charger-ish of charger things that they can do because <laughs> the Chargers have had one of these games in the, in their locker for the past decade. Mm. Um, and it's nice to see they've still got it because I was fearing that they <laughs> were a very good team. And it turns out they're still the bunch of rogues that that, that they have been for the past couple of years. But they <laughs> just interesting, got, they got the most interesting by a good team. The most interesting thing to come out of this game now is actually how do the Chargers react? 
And so it'll be interesting to see if they go on a bit of a slide and, you know, lose a couple of games on the bounce like like we did, or whether they um actually come back straight away and, and win. I don't, um, I don't I think, I can't think off the top of my head who their next game is. But... Well, they got the Patriots and the Eagles and the Vikings and the Steelers. Yeah, um, so... Followed by the Broncos, Bengal, Broncos, Bengals, Giants, and then the Chiefs. I'm they not looking play, that far ahead. I'm they only don't play a good team until they don't play a good team until mid-December. So you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Okay, they, they'll you. they'll go on a bit of a run now, and everyone will say they're back. But it is what it is. Now, we won't know how good they are. Maybe we won't know how good they are until they hit the playoffs. And I'm certain they're a playoff team. They'll they'll make the play. They'll, they're a wild card team without a doubt. Okay. Um, but they'll go into the wild cards and they'll get murdered by someone in the first round. So, Kyler Murray threw four touchdown passes as the Cardinals remained the NFL's only unbeaten team and continued their best start since 1974 to go 6-0. They built a 20 to nothing lead in the first half and kept their perfect record intact despite not having head coach Cliff Kingsbury or star linebacker Chandler Jones, who both tested positive for COVID-19 this week. Murray got two touchdown passes to Andre Hopkins and one each to Christian Kirk and AJ Green. For the Browns, the two touchdowns by Donovan Peoples-Jones in the second quarter wasn't enough to kickstart their game. More injuries piled up as Kareem Hunt went down off contact with a high ankle sprain. That's generally four to six weeks out. Baker dislocated his left arm on a fumble. And Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa left near the end with a, an ankle injury. The final score in Cleveland was the Cardinals 37, Browns 14. Yeah. I'm really Joseph. disappointed in the Browns. Vance really Joseph, head coach, head coach for the... Uh... Arizona Cardinals this week did a brilliant job. I'm not his biggest fan, but I, I yeah. agree with you, Punk. Browns are rubbish. Everything they did, I was disappointed in them. I'm not even going to say any more than that. They were yeah, just no, dreadful. Cardinal, Cardinals came in with a game plan. As soon as they were 14 points up, Browns never even looked like getting back in it. One, one, this is a question more than a statement, but obviously Nick Chubb was out for the Browns. He mm-hmm. was missing. So, um, apparently... Yeah, I, I saw it because he wasn't announced until Sunday morning that he was going to be missing. In they the were game. trying. They are trying to keep and, him. Yeah, and apparently uh, loads and loads and loads of people were, because uh, he wasn't even listed as questionable on some uh, on the NFL app. I've got him in my uh, fantasy team. Oh, no, no. I mean, it, no, I mean, on the app he was, not in terms oh. of uh, the actual injury reports. He wasn't okay. listed okay. as questionable, apparently. And loads of people kept him in um, the team and didn't look. That's your own fault, in my opinion. How much of an impact did not having that one-two punch run game really play for the Browns, or was it just a, the perfect storm of everything going wrong? Not much. It was just the Browns weren't very good. Um, Kareem Obviously, Hunt's perfectly serviceable as a as a full load running back. He he was doing it all the time in Kansas City. There's no reason to think he couldn't have been the number one for one game. Um, I think it's just a case of injuries and. Yeah, you know, everything's kind of caught up with him a bit, and and it looked to me like Baker panicked when he was fit and playing. So you know, he, he Baker looked like a bit of a rabbit in the headlights. And you know, we were saying about Kirk Cousins before. I put Baker in that kind of similar similar bracket. Oh, I, yeah. I think he's a tear below. They definitely lean on Nick Chubb because he's so effective as a runner. So he'll get you out of jail. He'll get you that third down conversion that um, Kareem Hunt's not used to doing. <laughs> That, that third and ten draw that they often run. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. <laughs> if, he's, if he's going to keep doing it, then yeah, he's going to pick it up and do it. stop it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But uh, they were absolutely stopped. It was, yeah, it was pretty impressive by the Cardinals. It's going to be difficult to find when they lose. Do you want to hear something funny? Yeah. Um, I said that the Arizona Cardinals would only win eight games. They've already won six. <laughs> well, I said they'd win 13. Yeah, I had him at 12 and 5 and then yeah. revised that to I think it was 10 because we couldn't oh, have everyone is, going 12 and 5, could we? This yeah. is like this is like mastermind. You've uh, you've got to, got to take your first answer, I'm afraid. Yeah, that's fine. I'll stick with 12 for the Cardinals. That's all right. <laughs> so the Las Vegas Raiders scored 34 points and the Denver Rockets scored 24. I'm just gonna let you two go at this one. Um, what the hell happened in this game, boys? I'm just going to let Dave cry about everything for a minute. I'm going to give him a couple of minutes just to get it out of his system, and then I'll I'll talk about the game. Do you know what it was, right? Very kind of you. Um, for for a while now, I've been I've I've been off on the way Fangio runs the team, and I have I don't think I've ever openly said I think he should be fired. 
mm-hmm. I don't I, I, might, I may have said it once in like jest or something I'm now very much on the camp he needs to go like now he's completely inept at running the clock because he focuses so much on defense some of the play calling that he allows Pat Shermer to get away with okay so we're down by over nearly two scores it's third and ten in the fourth quarter and we're running a dual running back formation with only two wide receivers out of eye formation on a third and ten are you kidding me I'm like, what the hell is going on with this play call? Oh, and by the way, we didn't make it. And that's a pun. Shocker. All the way through the game. All the way through the game. We're playing against a team who have the third lowest running rushing yards per game average in the Raiders. The Raiders this season have been a throwing team and a bloody effective throwing team as well. Play too high safety. It's not difficult. Play too high safety. Oh, and by the way, they have one of the fastest wide receivers in the league who's just going to burn you over the top. What happens? You play a single high safety, try and pack the box to, box to stuff a run that doesn't exist, and you get burned over the top more than once. It's stupid. It's absolutely ridiculous. And multiple sources who are close to players are coming out now and saying the players are annoyed about it. The players are upset. In the first three games of the season when we when the Broncos went unbeaten, the Broncos did one thing and won games based on players' abilities. There's nothing wrong with that. You, but there was no need to deviate from the plan. We've now gone up against three good teams, not brilliant teams. Raiders are a good team. I think Steelers are a good team, deficiencies, but are still a good team. And the Ravens are the best team that we've played against. We've had to change our plan and been unable to because there is no second plan. There is nothing else that we can do. We have a couple of injuries again, and it, it absolutely decimates us. I think... The Raiders came in and did a sweet job considering the week that they'd had. Um, they have effectively had a rookie head coach who, for all intensive purposes, probably didn't know what he was doing and was really nervous. And if you'd have if you'd have blindfolded someone and said, which of these two teams has had the week that the Raiders have had, they'd have been looking at the Broncos going, look, them, they're bloody awful. They're all over the shop. But the Raiders' play calling was absolutely as it should be. It was ridiculous. I've never, I've never been so frustrated coming out of a game. I think I exploded on Twitter and just went a little bit because, yeah, it, it was, it was. I, I cannot, I, I cannot overestimate, uh, overstate how pathetic this game was. There was two challengers that immediately in open play you could see should never have been challenged. So we ended up going into going into the fourth quarter with only one timeout. I mean, it's all right because Vic Fangio doesn't know how to use them anyway. But it, it, <laughs> it drives me mad. It absolutely drives me mad. And when when the Raiders are when the Raiders are killing killing the clock, why are you playing a nickel and dime package? Why? Like genuinely, why are you putting an extra defensive back on there? It doesn't make sense. Oh, and you run the ball and you get seven seven yards of carry. That's no shock, is it? It honestly, it was a joke. It was like someone had just picked up a PlayStation pad and played Madden for the first time and just button bashed. It, it was crazy. It blew my mind. So, yeah, I'm going to stop going off on one. Dave's that depressed about it. I'm not even going to jump on him, to be honest. I'm just going <laughs> to no, talk I think... about... I'm just going to talk about the Raiders because you're obviously, you know, deeply hurt and upset. It um, pissed me so... off. It just did. <laughs> it really, really just pissed me off. That's all it did. From, from our point of view... You know, I mean, you touched on it there, Dave. After the week we had, I was pleasantly surprised that this was the most balanced game we've had this season, the most complete game we've had. All three phases worked. All three phases were good. Um, The fact that we managed to score a touchdown on the first drive of the game for, I think it's 12 games, something like that. Um, and you know that was that was a beautiful fifty yarder to rugs um, against single high safety. Yeah, against single high safety. <laughs> it doesn't matter who's there; he can only beat. No, I know. I've got a hundred percent, hundred percent. But you know, and and you know the the touchdown pass to Drake. I think I think this week, um, Basaccia, Mayock, and Carr, and all the other locker room leaders must have seriously stepped up and pulled this team together. Um, you know, you've 
You've got um, Carl, Carl Nassif taking a, a personal day on Wednesday. You know, that will have, have thrown the team slightly. You know, all the fallout from the Gruden stuff. I think for, for the team to come out and play. And, it, you know, you could kind of almost understand it if they were playing at home and the nation was behind them and so on and so forth. But to actually go into Denver, um, rivals that they are, and actually put that performance out, I thought was fantastic. Um, you know, Mad Max smashing it again, three sacks, you know, four turnovers in total. It was Kenyon Drake's best game by far for us since we signed him. Um, the O-line looked reasonably solid, definitely the best they've played in in three or four games. Um, you know, it's, it's just an awful lot going on this week. And I think for the for the Raiders to actually do what they did, it it just shows a lot of bottle to be honest. And yeah, I'm, I'm a very happy, happy chappy this week. Um, Cause I honestly thought that, that even though I picked my boys, I honestly thought we might be in for a bit of a shellacking. Going back to what you mentioned about scoring for the first time, what was it in a few games? Uh, yeah, on your opening 12 drive. games or something. Yeah. Uh, we scored in our opening drive as well. And it was the first time that we've done that since December, 2019. that tells you everything um no i i agree that you did everything that you needed to do um i think you did it against a poor team um not trying to take it away you i think it's that did you make us a poor team or were we just that shit or is it somewhere in the middle of it it, to be honest it, it it didn't really matter if you were a poor team a good team or anything else for us, it was more a case of can we pull together as a team and actually put all three phases together? We've been good in fits and spurts this season. So either the defense has played well and the offense hasn't, a la the Bears game, or you know, the, the offense has played well and the defense hasn't been great, or vice versa. But this was the first game where it all seemed to happen yeah. and come together and you know turnovers were there and like you said oh, that, management was there so you know it's that, uh, that's the key thing you dominated every every phase of the ball you won exactly. every single phase of the ball um i want to see fangio fired i want to see pat Shermer fired tom mcmahon fired and i would like to see um mike munchak put in charge for the rent to the end of the season and then from there, I would like to see a young offensive coach come in. I'm sick of defensive coaches. I want to see a young offense. Lincoln Riley. Get Lincoln Riley in from Oklahoma. Elway at quarterback. Anything else you want? <laughs> uh, I don't want to draft quarterback this year. There's no decent quarterbacks in the draft. There's I saw an article where they were talking about potentially trading Von Miller. And then they said, oh, we don't think we're going to trade Von Miller because Vic Fangio wants players of his kind of attitude around. Like, well, why do people care about Von what Miller's- Vic Fangio wants anymore? Surely he's going to be gone soon, right? Well, but, um, Von Miller's in, in the last year of his contract. Um, and the, if someone trades for him now, mm. he'll be taking over a $20 million contract. So, happening. no, he, if he does get traded, it'll be for like a sixth rounder or something like that to a team who are going to win the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, ultimately, no, he's, he's not going anywhere. Whether he'll be signed next season is a very, very different matter. Um, but ultimately, we should not and will not be drafting a quarterback next year because there's no one of any decent suit coming through in next year's draft. Yeah, a couple. Like, no one. A couple. The really name one. Caleb Williams. No draft talk, thank you. <laughs> right, so we've, we've still got three more games to do here, boys. Right, let's go on to a really good game. So Dallas hadn't won at New England since 1987 and was 0-5 against Belichick. However, they were leading 17-14 entering the fourth quarter, and that's when the fun began. The teams traded five scores in that period, three in the final two and a half minutes. New England was clinging onto a one-point lead when Mac Jones managed to throw it to Trayvon Diggs, who ran it back for a pick six, his second of the year. But on the next play from scrimmage, Jones went right back to what had looked like the same play. This time, Kendrick Bourne got the separation and went 75 yards for the score. Greg Zerline got the game-tying 49-yarder to send it into overtime. And when the Pats stalled on their opening drive, the plaudits would go to Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb for the game winner. The final score was the Cowboys 35, Patriots 29. I was so close to this being a Patriots win. I picked the Patriots to win this. You said I was crazy, and they took it to overtime. I'm not said you were crazy. crazy. We just said you weren't very good at picking games. Well... <laughs> I heard crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I might, I might have said crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys made 
heavy work of it. Mm. Um, but again, the Patriots have leaned on Mac Jones far too much in recent weeks, and they lighten the load for him, and it shows what you can do. If you lighten the load, it opens up the field and makes pa- creates passing lanes, and Mac Jones looked a lot better in this league, uh, in, in this game. Um, it's also a decent representation that the Cowboys probably aren't as good as a lot of people think they are. I think they're, I think they're a decent team. I think they're probably not as great as a lot of people think. Um, and in a weird sort of a way, it was nice to see Trayvon Diggs get sort of handed it to him a little bit. I know he's still got his weekly interception, et cetera, et cetera. But there was a couple of times when he tried to ball hawk um, on pass protection and got torched for quite a few yards on numerous occasions. So I think somewhere along the line, a defensive coordinator would have been talking to him going, okay, you just need to concentrate on protecting yards rather than getting your weekly interception, kid. Mm. The Cowboys have now won five straight, their longest winning streak since 2016, when they uh, won the NFC. They're a decent team. They are yeah, yeah. truly I think a, decent a decent team. team. There I are mean, some people who have them at the top of their power rankings in all of the NFL, which I think is bloody yeah. stupid. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't go that far, but they're, they're definitely a top 10, and they're, they're probably top three or four in the NFC. So uh, yeah, That's more of a reflection on the NFC than it is the Cowboys, though. Yep. Is it? I think so. Cardinals, Rams, Buccaneers, exactly. Cowboys. Packers. Mm, top three is high then. Top five, maybe. <laughs> right. Sunday night, and not much to talk about here is the Pittsburgh Steelers demolished the Seattle Seahawks 23-20 in overtime. Over 100 yards again and the touchdown for Najee Harris. A rare rushing touchdown for Eric Ebron on the sweep. Response touchdowns for Seattle from Will Disley and Alex Collins. Drew it to overtime. But the TJ Watt strip fumble of Geno Smith set up the Chris Boswell 37-yard winner. No need to investigate this game any further, boys. Let's move on. 23-20. No, no, no. One thing I want to say is... Your definition of demolished is very (laughs) different to mine. That's liberal. (laughs) That was just to wind you up. That was just to wind you up. (laughs) Do you know, know, like, you know when you've been in a pub and there's, like, two blokes arguing and they decide to go outside and there's a fight and Mm. it's just two really fat blokes who are blowing out their ass after three jabs and all it happened, all that basically is two blokes pushing each other going, come on, I want you, and then just roundhousing and not getting anywhere near each other. That's what this was. Two not brilliant teams putting on a not brilliant spectacle, to be perfectly honest. I really wish I hadn't have stayed up to watch some of this. I really do, because it was garbage. DJ Watt's a bit good, though, isn't he? Yeah. He's all right. Yeah, he'll, right, he'll, yeah. he'll get a bit okay. of a career. He's no Max Crosby, um, but you know. That's exactly. the tight end do you, the tight end do you, uh, what's his name? Fryer move. Fryer move. Fryer. Yeah, he looked all right. He had this breakout yeah, yeah. game. and Yeah, he had a couple of decent possessions, especially in the first half. Um, there's one particular tackle where he caught it, um, took a hit, or one reception where he took it, took a hit, sort of rolled off it and then got 15 or 20 yards, which was quite nice. Well, his nickname was Baby Gronk in college. He just doesn't drop catches. Care. Okay. Um, there's several quarterbacks. Who's, who's, who's was it? Um, one of the quarterbacks, Will Gray's nickname was Touchdown Jesus. What's he I'm, done in the NFL? I'm just Nicknames saying. mean nothing. <laughs> Nicknames mean literally nothing. I'm just nothing. telling you what his nickname was. He does not drop catches either. Um, right, yeah. last game. So to Monday night where Derek Henry scored his third touchdown with 3.05 left. And the Titans stopped Josh Allen on the fourth down quarterback sneak in the final seconds to snap the Bills' four-game winning streak. The Bills drove to the Titans three on their final possession and could have sent the game into overtime with a field goal, but instead went for the win and didn't execute. Josh Allen seeming to slip on a QB sneak while also seeing good pressure from the Tennessee D-line. Quarterback Ryan Tannehill added another touchdown run against the Buffalo defense that came in ranked third against the run. There were seven lead changes in this game, but in the end, King Henry was the difference maker. The final score in Tennessee was the Bills 31, Titans 34. Boys, what a Monday night game. I'm making a habit of this. Um, I didn't see the Monday night game again. Um, (laughs) I think the second week running, I haven't seen it. So I I can't make any comment. I can can look at stats and go, well, this is probably what happened. Um, But yeah, I didn't really see it, I'm afraid. It's the Derek Henry show. If you didn't draft Derek Henry number one overall in fantasy, then what were you thinking? You know, (laughs) it's pretty much as simple as that. I mean, to be fair, the Bills should have won this game. They should have won this game. You know, even though it came down to that last drive and, you know, the Titans defense stiffening, holding, slipping, whatever it was that Mm -hmm. caused, caused him not to get that yard, you know, 
credit to the Titans. I mean, they they lost to the Jets not that long ago. So, you know, they were they were well up for this game. And and Henry's just beastly. It is scary. I mean, like I said, that the Bills have got one of the best run defenses in the league and just couldn't stop him. It wasn't there. Could not stop him. When he's there. on when he's on it, he's you can't stop him. So yeah. That was the that was the end of the week six slate then, boys. So let's move on and let's have a look at the picks. Um, we go through the wrong ones, so the ones that we predicted wrong. Uh, three of us predicted the Dolphins would beat the Jags. Dave, you were the, the lone ranger out there picking the Jags. Um, I thought the Lions would beat the Bengals. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Why? Um, Why did you? Oh, is that you going off your preseason spreadsheet yeah. thing? Yeah, I didn't realise the Lions were entering on can you, about. Can you just quit, do, quit doing that now? What? It's obvious that it doesn't work when you pick the Lions to be the Bengals. Come on. But it do- <sighs> you, you well, maybe. Right, maybe I'll start. Look, I'm pretty good at my picks. Um, when it when it does not, what is it? If it does not fit, you must have quit. Stop picking <laughs> using your preseason. Oh my God, this is the OJ. Easy, OJ. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Nick thought that the Texans might win their game. They did not. Um, Dave... And Punk both picked the Panthers to win. They did not. Uh, myself and Nick picked the Chargers to win. They did not. Uh, Dave and Punk picked the Browns to win. The Browns did not win against the Cardinals. Uh, we all picked the Broncos apart from Punk. So obviously Punk gets the uh, the point there. Rock and um, roll. I picked the Patriots to beat the Cowboys. That didn't work out. And then we all picked the Bills to beat the Titans. Shame on us for that one. It means that... Uh, Dave and Punk got a ten and four record for the for the week. Uh, right. Nick for the people got nine and five, and I got eight and six. So the, eight and six. Yeah, well, there was, there was, <laughs> there was eight. There was overtime. So you were only just above five hundred. Wow. There's only one bad result, and that was the the Lions game. <laughs> I reckon if I'd have flipped a coin, I would have equaled your score. Shut up. <laughs> the, the, the current table from playactionpools.com, that's playactionpools.com that we're uh, running oh, this I bet I, I must be killing it now. In the association with what? I must it's, be killing it now. Dave's on 62, the people are on 60, Punk's on 59, and your hero, Jim, is on 58. So, so it has to be struggle before you, you ascend at the end, basically. So, so you're only three ahead of me, and I was picking against the Raiders on their entire win streak. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and your point being, I'm still point winning. Being, you're not that far, mate. It's week six. Settle down. Yeah, There's a long way to go. Amen. Do you know what it's like? You know when you watch uh, a ten thousand meter race and you've got all the Kenyans and that lot at the back. I'm the Norwegian guy up front, burning <laughs> out. That's what I'm doing right You're now. You're red. You I'm, are all red. Yeah, yeah. Your cheeks. I'm the guy who's already going. Oh, Jesus Christ! I'm the guy jumping over the barrier, thinking it's the steeplechase chase when everyone else is going. What are you doing, you idiot? <laughs> so yeah, that's where I am at the moment, and I'm proud of it as well. Easy, old Aniti. <laughs> If you guys want to go on playactionpools.com, make sure to use our discount code TFD for 10% off. Uh, the NBA season started up this week as well. So if you want to use one of the picks for that as well or a college game, then you can do so. Um, just make you use, make sure you use TFD in the coupon code. Uh, and there you go. Yeah, check out playactionpools.com. We really like it and we're happy to be using them this season for the for the um, competition. It does make it nice and easy. I've got to say that. Yeah. Uh, on to week seven then. So, oh, sorry. And also, thank you very much, Nick, for putting in your picks for last week, um, bringing the people up into second place overall. So, week, yeah, well s- done, Nick. week seven, time to do our picks then, boys, for this weekend. Uh, there's quite a few teams on the bye this week, so there's only 13 games to choose from. The first one is the Thursday night game. That is the Denver Broncos at the Cleveland Browns. I mean, why are you looking hey? at me? Chubb's well, out, Hunt's out, Broncos? Mayfield's broken. I'm going yeah. Broncos. I'm going Broncos as well. Okay. The only reason being, and this is, I, I stand by everything I've said with the coaching staff. I think the Broncos have got a lot of senior uh, players who are going to be bloody annoyed by a lot of what's been thrown around because a lot of what's been thrown around is vicious, saying the players don't care, etc., etc. And Case Keenum is the backup for Cleveland and I've seen firsthand that he's rubbish. Um 
There's worse yeah, backups. The fact that Chubb and Hunter out for me is enough to say yeah. that that Cleveland won't have enough to to beat the Broncos' defense. I think it'll might, be a low-scoring game. I was going to say it'll be a twenty-one seventeen or something. But... Ooh, ooh, I think that's ambitious. I think it will be if if a team reaches a dozen points, I think they probably win. If I'm honest, <laughs> thing yeah. is, you love touchdown wins, that's, yeah. That's not a joke. That's not even a joke. This is going to be a field goal fest, um, and we've got the better kicker. So I think the Broncos win or get it absolutely handed to them by thirty points. But I'm going to go Denver. I have also forgotten to say that the. The people have a new champion this week, and that is Tom, who is a Seahawks fan. Uh, he has picked, uh, as I have, the Browns to win this game. Yes, okay, they don't have a running game at all this week, but they do still have some receiving talent out there. Um, He's going to get him the ball. Serviceable backup, even if... Uh, well, Baker's probably going to play, is what they're saying. It was his non-throwing arm that got hurt. But the first couple of series, and then someone's going to smash him in that shoulder and dislocate I him. Mean, Potentially, I mean, maybe not. The thing is, right... Anytime he leaves the pocket, I'll take a 15-yard penalty and I'll level him. Yeah. Do you know what? I, when, when, once he's thrown the ball, if, I, if I'm the opposition coach, I'm sending on like my third-string defensive end and just say, keep going. As soon as he throws the ball, if you go in five seconds afterwards, it's him. You know, and make it hard for him and push him up the middle. One sack, if you've got a broken shoulder, I'm sorry, he's not going to last. There's no way he can last. I hope he plays. I hope he plays because he's not that good with two good shoulders, let alone with one that's broken. So, yeah, I hope he plays. His mechanics go. are f***ed up as they are. <laughs> so it's a 50-50 split. Okay, myself and Tom have gone for the Browns. Punk and Dave gone for the Broncos. Right, Sunday, the Washington football team are at the Green Bay Packers. Packers, not even close. Move on. Uh, Yeah, I'll go Packers. Clean sweet Packers. It's difficult to to really give anything positive. I can't. I can't make an. I can't make an argument for Washington winning full stop. But Washington winning away in Lambeau. No. Yeah. 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 No. I got nothing. Okay. This should be a big one then. It's the Kansas City Chiefs at the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Titans. See earlier comment. What Punk said. <laughs> they run the ball straight down the middle, and it's they do, but it's still I, the Chiefs. I, I I think the Titans are built to beat the Chiefs. They, I think, like I said earlier, again, you know, they they literally do everything that the Chiefs hate. So yeah, Titans for me. It is a clean sweep for the Titans. Both myself and Tom have also decided that the Titans, at the moment, Damn. can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The Atlanta Falcons are off their bye week, and they are in Miami to face the Dolphins. I find this the hardest pick of the week. Because I don't know what the Fal- I know what the Falcons are. I don't know what the Dolphins are. Okay. The Dolphins have got a good team, but their quarterback sucks. So running game's not all that. Either. I, I don't. No, agree running with game's that. rubbish. What they've got a good team, but the quarterback sucks. Mm-hmm. Which part of that is incorrect? Because the tour doesn't suck. Well. See Sunday, yes, he does. Well, no, uh, I'm gonna go I, actually, I watched the game, Dave. I didn't just watch it in the park at the end. I watched no, the I watched the ending game. in the park. I watched, the, very, I watched the beginning. The first half of the game, he looked very accurate. Well, as they said, against the, the Jags. I can't believe you two are arguing about Dolphins. Jags. Jags. Oh. Come on, get on. All right, head. go on then. Pick the Falcons. Hear me. I've picked yeah, the Falcons. Falcons. Yeah. I'm picking the Dolphins. Everyone else is picking the Falcons. I'll pick the Dolphins. Uh, another week, another week of getting those ribs a bit better off. They'll want, they'll want to get a win there. Just letting that lead slip further and further away. Then we've got a an AFC East matchup. It's the New York Jets off their bye week at the New England Patriots. Patriots. It's the I'm Jets. Assuming, I'm assuming it's unanimous. <laughs> it is yeah, unfortunately unanimous. Sorry, Jets. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we think the Patriots have got a bit too much at the moment. The Carolina Panthers are at the New York Football Giants. I'm assuming this is unanimous as well. Everyone's going to go for the... Well, I don't know what you Panthers. and Punk are going. Me and Tom are of the same mind. Yeah, Panthers. I'm going to go Panthers. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really oh, am going to go Panthers. Four Panthers. Yeah. There we go. Okay. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens, AFC North Divisional. Uh, I mean? wish them the best of luck. <laughs> yes. But I'm going to go Ravens. 
Yeah, Bengals, Bengals are good. They're not that good. Um, and I think they've still got problems on that defense when it comes to stopping the run. So, yeah, Ravens for me. If they yeah. can create some pressure up front, that's going to go a long, long way to helping them in this game. Um, if it was in Cincinnati, it might be a little bit different. But uh, I, we've all gone yeah. for the Ravens. Yeah. This is one of those games game. where you, w- if if the Bengals did happen to pull out a win, you wouldn't be shocked. Well, let, let me ask you a question. I think is common this sense in... on a Tuesday says the Ravens win this game. Yeah, is that is this is this game going in your accumulator because it's not going nowhere? No, this is this no. is the one you avoid like the plague. Yeah, I, I mean the the passing attack's much better for Cincinnati, and they've got oh, a good running I game. Mean, oh yeah, no, well, absolutely different levels, absolutely. different levels. But it's yeah, it's it's that control when you run the ball, you control the clock. I think the Ravens have just got it down to a fine art at the minute and carry on rolling on. Yeah, mm. if if Cincinnati can can. can apply some pressure to Lamar Jackson and make him throw it a little bit more and keep coverage on the back end nice and tight, as well as keeping Joe Mixon, keep those wheels moving. It, it, it gives them a good shout. The Philadelphia Eagles are at the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. I don't know who I've gone for. Hang on. I've got to check. <laughs> One second. Eagles at Raiders. Okay, well, Tom's Eagles gone for Raiders. Raiders. Yeah, I've, I've gone, gone Raiders. for the Raiders. I've gone for the Raiders as well. So another yeah, clean sweep there. Quite correct. All right, this should be another one. Detroit Lions at the Los Angeles Rams. I've gone Lions. Yeah. Well done to you. Everyone else yeah. has gone yeah. Rams. I mean, is there any universe in which the Lions can win this game? No, because even if what... they were about to win it, they'd find some way of giving up a last second field goal. So. Yeah. What stars have to align? How many people have to be injured or, you know, Rams have to turn up in in like Atlanta instead of Detroit for them to win this. <laughs> it would still, it would. I mean, there's a, there's a good chance that 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 the Lions are going to be able to punt their way from Detroit to Atlanta to win this. <laughs> um, I mean, there, there is a reason that the Rams are fifteen and a half point favourites. You know? Is that what it is? Mm. Yeah, Bloody the spread hell. is fifteen and a half points. It's I like three scores, you know. There is a there is a possibility that's not a bad cover. There is a possibility that the Lions could win this because it's it's revenge games for both quarterbacks. And Dan Campbell came out after the Lions last game and said that Goff has to be better. Don't this, don't even try. How luck. how is Goff's going to be absolutely bricking it as soon as he sees Aaron Donald walk on the field? Mm. You, you know, he's been hit by that, him before. That they played each know, other in every single one of his little nuances and his little yeah. hard calls. And yeah, no, it's just not happening. Right, you thought that one was a 15 point spread. This must this will be close as well. It's the Houston Texans at the Arizona Cardinals. This one is a 17 <laughs> point spread, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No uh, one, no one can pick the Texans. I'm sorry, you can't pick the Texans. I am winning some money this week. I am winning some decent money on Bayern this week. Last yeah. week I won fifty-two quid. I was quite happy with that. This week I am quids in. <laughs> looking at some of these, you're looking and going, they cannot fail. <laughs> right, the Chicago Bears are at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It just gets better and better. <laughs> the Bucks. Everyone's gone Bucks, surely. Yeah, I've gone Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Bucks this one's only a 12 and a half points. <laughs> All right, okay. Sunday night, the Indianapolis Colts are at the San Francisco 49ers. I've actually Body. gone Colts. Okay. Do you know what? Um, I don't know why I've gone Colts, because the 49ers are coming off a bye week. They are. And, you know, they're actually probably not as bad as I think they are, to be honest. But I've done something about the Colts. They're just don't seem to be as bad as everyone wants them to be. Jonathan Taylor's played I, really I, well the last few weeks. You know, I was going to say that. I've got Jonathan Taylor in fantasy, and he has I mean. been sensational. I, I said before the season, that because I had him last year as well, and he was averaging nearly 30 points in the last five games of last season. He was my secret weapon last year that took me to uh, playoffs in two of my leagues and won one of my other leagues. He was the key and this year has been exactly the same he's been phenomenal now let's overlook the fact that last week he played against the Texans um, and the week before that was against the uh, the Ravens who can't really stop the run all that well so a little bit of a pinch of salt but 
I think the Colts is a really good shout. I'm just not brave enough to do it. So I'm going to go 49ers. I wish I hadn't. But I'm going to go 49ers. Well, I, I thought there was going to be some, um, yeah, some conflict there. But everyone's gone for the 49ers. So mm, okay. I haven't. I've gone for the Colts. Oh, you went for the Colts. Sorry. Too late. Sorry, too late. You've, gone for, you've gone for the 49ers now. <laughs> you've already got it locked in on my playactionpools.com. Excellent. Sorry. Excellent. <laughs> you do that. All right. So Monday night is the New Orleans Saints off their bye week at the Seattle Seahawks. Still no Russell. This is the one that I think is the hardest one to call this week. Easy. Okay. Easy. Saints. No, okay. I've gone Saints as well. Saints, <laughs> it goes good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. Is it bad. a good week? And this week is good. I just yeah, don't know if the Saints away in Seattle. All right, Gino's playing quarterback, yeah. you know, but I can mm, reaction maybe. I'm just thinking of having Kamara. I don't know. Fact, yeah, I just think Kamara's. I'm just it, going Saints. I'm going Saints. Genuinely, genuinely this season, it goes good, bad, good, bad. For the, for the Saints, yeah, that's your theory. Now, yeah, no, it genuinely does because they are they are good and then bad and then good and then bad. Last game they played was against Washington, and they were good. But last week they were on a bye, so does that count as their bad yeah, game? Yeah, they, they come back. Over? That's, the, that's how we're gonna roll. Well, we've yeah, all gone for the Saints, so we'll all find out on the on Monday night. It's the Juno Smith factor. That's right. The Buffalo Bills, the Dallas Cowboys, the Minnesota Vikings, Pittsburgh Steelers, Los Angeles Chargers and Jacksonville Jaguars are all on the bye this week. So Ooh. no games for them. And that's week seven. Slate ready to go. That's us done. So um, thank you very much, guys, for, for checking us out this week. If you want to get in touch, you can do that through Twitter at Final Down NFL, at Punk underscore Raider, at Denver Dave 30, thefinaldown.com to see all of our streaming stuff on there. Um, hopefully be able to do some Instagram stuff this weekend. I feel a bit better, I think, just coming out the other end of something I, I couldn't do this Sunday, uh, just gone. But um, can do can do this one coming. So I will try my best to be ready for that. Um, yeah, and also we'll be doing some stuff on Patreon as well. So patreon.com slash final down uh, to check out our stuff on there. Please sign up if you haven't already. It's only £4 a month, but it means an awful lot to us. So... Uh, that's everything so until next week guys I've been Jim that's been Punk Raider that's been Denver David thank you so much for listening 